Hi, and welcome to this week's Living and Working Abroad podcast. This is Parikh Sam uh, welcoming you to this week's podcast where four expat questions we receive from clients illustrate the big wide world that's out there outside the EU. When we look at the the world and how it's organized in its current status quo, for better or for worse, there are world trade agreements, that there are international uh, standards that, that apply in lots of different areas that provide conformity for international travel, uh, movement of pets, driving licenses, medical treatments, as well as uh, insurance and financial services. Uh, the EU have a common set of rules for the EU. All their rules tend to be based upon uh, the world trade standards that, that are met and uh, EU trade agreements have to be bound in turn by world trade organization rules. So the, the EU has it is still answering to international trade bodies, even though it's not a so- sovereign country. Uh, the EU negotiates on behalf of the 27 member states. Uh, the difference is that somebody that's not in a trading block like the EU, that country is then dependent upon a bilateral treaty between two countries. So um, they would use the World Trade Organization rules or the, the, the world uh, standard for insurance contracts and, and use that as a, the basis of a bilateral treaty between the two individual countries. Uh, and and then develop it from there. Common reporting standards uh, for money laundering and exchange of information is is a classic example of this. Uh, The Americans came up with a a financial administration uh, system for uh, money laundering uh, that they wanted the world to use but they insist on using it on a bilateral basis, assigning individual agreements with each country. Uh, What happened for the rest of the world is they took exactly the same rules and made them into a common reporting standards through the OECD based in Paris. Um, And the common reporting standards, now the international standard for money laundering, each country applies it slightly differently, but the, the, the international standard is what is the minimum standard that each country will do. So let's look at our four expat questions that we've had from our clients recently that, that illustrate how the world, the big wide world, will change outside the EU after Brexit. First question is, can I use my driving license abroad? Well, as you might know, the Product Partnership Office is based in Cyprus and we we love we love the coincidences that happen to us sometimes and just this week cyprus has agreed a bilateral agreement with the uae so that uae citizens can use their driving license indefinitely to drive on the roads in cyprus and the cypriot uh, resident can go and live uh, as an expat in the uae and use their cyprus driving license indefinitely and not use international uh, rules. There, there are international rules for driving license. Basically, uh, the standard rule for international driving licenses allow 
uh, any any person to use their foreign driving license in another country for up to 12 months uh, by the end of that time they would either have to leave the country not drive or get a local driving license um, so an EU expat or any expat from around the world working and living and working in the UK uh, can drive there on their foreign passport for 12 months under international treaties. There are uh, some countries that are given a, a preferential status, countries where there's a bilateral treaty between the UK uh, and Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Singapore, Japan, Switzerland. So this includes um, uh, Commonwealth countries uh, with long connections to the UK, but it also includes big trading partners like like Switzerland and Japan, where they've got a bilateral treaty where uh, a Japanese citizen can come and live and work in the UK and uh, exchange his uh, driving license for a five-year British driving license, but it still need to be changed before that. The difference with the EU is that you've got a common standard. So if you have an EU driving license, it's deemed to be valid throughout the whole of the EU, not just your one country. So once the UK goes outside the EU, that one driving license for the EU, uh, for the UK, is only valid in, in the UK and in every other country in the world, it will be come under international treaties, which allows people to drive for 12 months um, before taking stock and upgrading and changing their driving license to, to the local rules. Um, what an EU driving license allows you to do is drive indefinitely in any country in the EU without having to change that uh, uh, driving license at all. So an EU citizen uh, coming to live and work as an expat in the UK can use their EU driving license up to the age of 70 until Brexit. So obviously EU expats would need to get the settled status to be able to continue to have any sort of rights on their, their, their old uh, EU passport. So the international rules will apply. So there is an international, people sometimes talk about an international driving license, it's an international driver's permit um, which allows this extended period of driving in the foreign country but at some point a British person going to live or work in any EU country just like in, in um, Singapore or Australia may need to change to a, a local driving license unless there's a bilateral treaty as the UK have with the likes of Canada, uh, Bahamas, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Singapore, Switzerland, Japan, uh, among others. So that's the first question down and it illustrates how Brexit uh, will go on. It'll be a bit different, but it's not gonna be that onerous. The second one is how is my pet travel gonna be affected by Brexit? Uh, the same principle applies. There's international standards on pet travel, which means that there's, there's an international norm and subject to issues around if a country is deemed to be have rabies in, in that, that country then slightly different rules can apply 
you need to have your pet inoculated against rabies at least 21 days before you travel there. But otherwise, the international rules that allow uh, a microchip vaccinated and certified uh, animal pet with a, a, a passport to be allowed to move freely between different countries. The difference with the EU is that once you have an EU pet passport, that is valid for all the countries in the EU. So that that common market allows you to take your pet on a road trip from Scotland uh, through Ireland, back into Wales, France, Spain, Portugal, Gibraltar, uh, France, Italy, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, Poland, Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary, Austria, and every other country that I've missed off the 27. And so the, internet, the, the EU rules are based upon the international rules. Uh, a UK expat after Brexit will have to uh, make arrangements with each of the EU countries that he wants to take his pet on holiday to that year. If you've got one holiday home in Cyprus, you'll need one pet passport from the UK to take your pet to Cyprus and back into the UK. Um, an EU citizen uh, will still be able to have his pet passport to move his pet around the EU, but will need a separate one for the UK as they would if they were taking their pet to, to Egypt or to, or to the USA. So pet pa travel will be different, but it will be basically the same. What are my rights as a worker? An EU citizen got freedom of movement within the EU, just like a pet, just like a driving license. Uh, it's as if they're in the home country, no matter which one of the 27 EU countries, whether it's Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, Sweden, uh, Denmark, all these countries will still allow you to, to live and work in that country. Uh, without uh, onerous um, uh, impediments. Um, that right will change after Brexit, but it already, th those changes and what they are generally going to be already exists because for a, a non-EU citizen, they have different rules when they come to work in an EU country, and those can vary country by country. Uh, so for the UK, an expat going to live and work in the UK, as an EU citizen, there's no restriction, there's no ID card, there's no registration needed. You can go in, sink the work, take the job up, pay your taxes, be happy. Uh, after Brexit, uh, a, the, there is a proposal to have a quotas for different type of industry and needs, but essentially uh, an expat living and working in the UK after Brexit needs uh, or who's a non-European at the moment, needs a £35,000 a year income to qualify for a residency visa to take up that job in the UK. And the job has to be available to them before they, before they move or travel to the UK. Um, contrast that with, with Cyprus, a non-EU citizen needs to be able to show an income of €15,000 a year to be able to come and live and work in, in the in the EU. So the right to work 
for non-EU citizens still exists in every EU country, depending upon the local rules, that the, the rate that they have to earn, the barrier to entry is different for each country. Um, but it, it, it's based upon international rules and, and international uh, treaties. Um, an EU expat wanted to live and work in the UK now, before Brexit, it's a lot easier for them to get in and stay in. And similarly, a UK expat living and working in the EU and starting that adventure before Brexit will find it a lot easier to get there and then retain their settled status or permanent residency. A fourth question today is, are pensions and income tax on my business earnings affected by Brexit? Not at all. Not at all. Taxation is covered generally under OECD, the Organisation of Economic Cooperation and Development among countries around the world. This is the organisation that generally sets the international tax treaties and money laundering requirements. Uh, and, and individual taxation authorities in sovereign countries set those rules. The EU is technically doesn't have any tax raising rules, although it is involved in VAT sales tax and it does have uh, financial controls through the use of the euro. Uh, but uh, tax is still a bilateral treaty arrangement using international treaty rules. So world rules apply uh, to make bilateral treaties. Now the new UK Cyprus double taxation treaty that's been produced and comes into force from July 2018 is based upon the latest draft of the standard international double taxation treaty between the UK and Cyprus. So it, it updates it from the previous version and is fully adapted to confirm the common reporting standards, exchange of information, but also continue to allow the tax benefits that Cyprus offers expats with a 5% flat rate pension and 0% tax on dividends and interest whether that dividend and interest comes from an investment portfolio or whether it's from businesses uh, that, that are owned or, or lent money to by an individual. So Cyprus can remain a low tax country because that's what Cyprus chooses to be, not because of, of any EU uh, stipulation. So Brexit won't affect the double taxation treaty between Cyprus and the UK. If you like what you've heard, share it with others. Uh, we've got a Living and Working Board group on Facebook, but go along to our, our, our blog at productpartnership.com and see regular uh, videos and podcasts being released with updated information for expats. Uh, follow us weekly on our, our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And download a copy of our guide how EU Brexit for expats will affect overseas property, business and pensions and see how we can help you more. Great to hear from you. Comment, share on our blogs or Living and Working Abroad Facebook page and we'll see you next time. This is Perk Sam from perkpartnership.com. Thanks very much for listening.